Aloha, and welcome to The Word of Hope with Ralph Moore, pastor of Hope Chapel Kaneohe. Hope Chapel exists to grow ordinary people into faithful, productive followers of Jesus Christ, equipping them through Bible teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Today, Pastor Carl brings part two of his message entitled, Take This Job and Love It. We'll be in 1 Timothy chapter 6 today. So if you guys will look in Ephesians chapter 6, true character is, is you're not just trying to please your masters when they're watching, but true character and saying, I want to be a hard worker, I want to be submitted to God and to, to the people around me is, I'm just going to work the hardest as if they were watching. If he was just like right over my back watching everything I'm doing, I'm going to work that hard every time. And that applies to those of you that are students in class. And I really, when I was in high school, I really hated to hear that. I really hated to hear that I had to be a witness to my teachers in my class because I'm like, oh, it's the same thing. Like, oh, but I don't have to be a Christian at school, do I, God? You know, I'm like, not in class. That's my mean teacher. And God's going, you know what? You're doing it for me. You're doing it for me. Do your homework as if you're doing it for me, as if I asked you to do it. It's like, ah, oh, do I have to? But God's going, no, no, don't worry about it because here's what he says in the next few verses. In verse 8, remember that the Lord will reward each one of us for the good that we do whether we're slaves or we're free. Remember that God promises to reward us for the good that we do. See, the, the godly character is when no one else is watching, but you're still, still doing it for the Lord. And you've got to realize that God promises, hey, I'm going to reward you. I'm going to take care of you. Your boss may not appreciate you. God will reward you. I don't know where you're at right now in your job, but if you do things His way and you become a good worker, He's going to reward you. Your boss may never reward you. But you know what God will do? He'll move you out of that position if, if you're not in the right position and the boss isn't rewarding you. He'll take care of you. And even if you have to go to work every day and there's no appreciation, no thank yous, no raises, no bonuses or whatever, God will bless you in your home life because of what you're doing in your work life. He'll bless you in your relationships. He doesn't necessarily say he'll reward you right there in the marketplace, but he will reward you somehow. He'll make it pay off. When you say, God, you're my boss in my whole life, well, God will say, God will say, yeah, you're going to have to struggle still a little bit working for this earthly boss. But over here, I'm going to give you riches. And I'm going to give you just blessing so much that it'll, it'll all balance out. So don't worry about it. I promise that I'm going to bless you. But then the next, the next few verses here, we're going to be talking about how to be a good boss. And you may be sitting here going, well, I'm not a boss. I'm just a worker. I'm under someone. But I want you guys to think about it in terms of authority. And authority can come simply by age is that everybody in here is older than someone else, right? There's always someone underneath you that, that isn't as knowledgeable or as experienced in this world as you. And so you're an authority figure to them. And maybe you've got bosses yourself at work, but there are some people that are under you that you're allowed to give orders to or to, to assign tasks to or whatever. And so all of us, in one way or another, whether you're a parent and you have children, whether you are a boss at work and you have employees underneath you, whether you just happen to be older than other people and so there's other people that, that see you have the option, the choice of being a good authority figure or a bad one, of what the Bible is going to talk about here, of threatening them and, and treating them poorly or by saying, you know what, I'm going to submit to you even though you're in a lower position in life by the world standards than I am. And so let's read verse 9, how to be a good boss. It says, and in the same way, you masters must treat your slaves right. Okay, in the same way that we've just been talking about all of this, how workers ought to treat those above them, it says, in exactly the same way, bosses or authority figures, you must treat those underneath you right, righteously, correctly, the way that God would want you to treat them. 
It says in the same exact way, don't threaten them. Remember that you both have the same master in heaven, and he has no favorites. See, some of us have bosses that like to belittle their employees. I worked for a guy one time that whenever there'd be a group of people in public and he'd want to come talk to you and acknowledge you or something, you know that he was going to say maybe a couple compliments because he did a good job, but you know he was going to take a couple jabs at you and make you feel dumb. And, and so it was kind of to the point where, I don't know if I really want to go when he asked me to come over there because it may seem like he's all trying to be nice, but he's trying to make himself still look good. Even if he's giving you a compliment, he has to give you a little put down as well so he still comes out looking on top. Some of us have bosses like that, that all we ever get are the negatives. We never hear anything positive from them. And some of us, that's, that's what we're dealing with. Some of us have bosses that take advantage of our time or our money. They don't realize that we have lives and that we go home to families that are waiting for us. Or maybe they just kind of hold on to money that, that is, is due to you. They threaten you in ways of, of holding your, your own employment against you. Well, you better do this or I'm going to fire you. Oh, I don't know, your, your job security here isn't looking too good. And every day you're scared because you don't know. You're being threatened. Some of us have bosses like that. Um, they ask you to do the menial tasks that have nothing to do with work, right? Can you go press my pants over here? Can you go do this? And you're like, wait, I'm not trained to do that. I went to college for accounting and I'm serving coffee? I don't get it. But there's, there's different, different things that descriptions of a bad boss. They underpay you. Uh, they don't appreciate you. They don't give you thank yous. They don't keep their promises to you. Some of you guys are probably sitting here going, I can think of things right now that my boss has promised to me for like five years, maybe eight years. Maybe it's a raise. Maybe it's, it's something. And they're not keeping their promise. Well, for those of us that are, are over people, that we're an authority over someone else or an overseer, is we got to learn not to be like that. we got to learn to say, I don't want to be like those kind of bosses. Even if the people that are underneath me, they're screw-ups and they're messing up, I'm still not going to lord it over them. I'm still not going to have a power trip. Because what does it ultimately say? That both slaves and masters, both workers and bosses and everybody, we all have one master who's in heaven. We all have one big boss. And he doesn't play favorites. So why should we? He doesn't get off on thinking, oh, you're a boss, so you're special. I got a special place in heaven for you because you earned it there on earth. You're a boss. Oh, you're just an employee. Oh, you're, you're nothing. You're small. God says, wherever you're at in life, whatever position you're at in life, I expect you to do the best job that you're given with what you've been given. I expect you to do the best that you can do. If you're just an employee, that's your station in life, be the best employee you can be. If you're a boss, if you're a president, be the best president that you can be. Because the way that God looks at everybody, you guys are just all my kids, and I see you all equally. See, I'll reward you individually, but I love you all equally. He doesn't look at title, he doesn't look at power trips, and he doesn't want us to do the same thing. But he does reward us individually. If you're an employee and you're being the best employee that you can be, and your boss who has all the power and the glory and the money and all this, but he's not being a good boss, well, then God's going to reward that employee more than he's going to reward that boss. See, to him, it doesn't matter title. See, it doesn't matter to him what you do, but what matters to God is who you are. So as a, as a Christian, as an employee, as a worker, or as a boss, who are you in Christ? What kind of a, a life? How are you loving other people? It doesn't matter what kind of, of clout or power or title or position that you have. It's just, what kind of a, a, a Christian are you? How are you loving those around you? How are you loving your boss? How are you loving those people that are underneath you, your employees? Re remember some things, like... Like if you're a good boss over someone is, is take the time to get to know people. Take the time to talk to them. Find out who it is that, that is working for you or that's underneath you. 
Find out how you can be a better boss to them by asking them what it is that you can do to, to change about yourself. Talk to these people. Get to know them. Understand them. Earn your respect. Don't just assume that you have respect because of your title, but earn it in their eyes. Um, don't abuse your position because really, again, it doesn't mean anything to God. I want us to take a minute right, right here, right now, because we're going to move into the next part. But I want us just to, to pray together. I want to pray for you. If you're, a, if you're a boss in here or if you're an employee in here, I want us just to join together because some of you guys have never thought to pray for your boss. It's always let's talk bad about them, but let's not pray for them. Or maybe if you're a boss and you're just fed up with your employees, you've never prayed for them. I want to get you guys in the habit of praying for your fellow workers. Let's just pray right now together. I'm going to pray for you. Lord, I just want to take the time real quick, just a minute here, Lord, to, to get us into the habit of praying for our bosses, those above us with authority and power in our lives. Lord, we pray that you would make them into to the people that you want them to be, Lord. We pray that we would be able to shine our light so that they would, they would see Christ in us, Lord, and it would, want to, it would want to make them change the way that they think and the way that they operate and the way that they do business. Lord, we ask that you bless our bosses. Father God, we ask that you would prosper them, Lord, because the happier they are, the happier we're going to be, Father God. And instead of bringing curses on them, Lord, you ask us to bless them. So I pray that you would bless them, bless our businesses, bless our, our job place. And Lord, for those of us that are bosses, let us, let us be the best bosses that we can be, that we can just love our employees. Lord, I ask that you would help us to, to bless our employees right now. Lord, we pray for them, that you would bring prosperity into their lives, that you would bring them happiness and satisfaction on the job. Lord, that, that you would help us to communicate better as bosses and employees, that we would have a better relationship. And Lord, that we're really seeing whatever position we're at in, in work, in the, in the marketplace, that our job is to win the whole world, the bosses, the employees, the fellow workers, families, friends. We're trying to win the whole world to you through your power in us, Lord. So help us to take your power into our workplace. In Jesus' name, amen. The next little section that we're going to go into just really talks about true riches and what your motive is. And I know we're, we're kind of pressed for time, and I want to read to you guys this verse in 1 Timothy 6, verses 10 through 11. And it says in, in 1 Timothy 6, verses 10 and 11, For the love of money is at the root of all kinds of evil. See, we're talking about different things on the job. How do you love your job? Well, one way you love your job is by not letting your job be your master, not letting money be your motive and your, your master and your boss in life, and letting greed control you. Some of us, I get along good with the employees or whatever, but I, I love my job because I'm all about money, and I want to work the extra hours. I want to do whatever it takes. I just want to get stuff. I want to have stuff. And this is one of the ways that we need to get the, the job perspective um, in the right order and the right priority is God is still first and the money is good. The money provides for my family, provides for my needs, but I'm going to be content with the money that I make. I'm not going to be striving to get more. First Timothy 6, 10 and 11 says, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It's not money itself. God created the money system so that we could do business, so we can operate in this world. But it's that desire, it's that lust for more. What it really comes down to is greed. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. See, this greed can cause you to walk away from your faith in the Lord and say, oh, God's not really my boss anymore because it's me. I want this. I want that. I want money. I want, I want relationships that I can get on the side away from my spouse. I want material things. I want to be doing this. I don't need to have time with my family because if I work harder and put more time into work, then I'll get more money so I can buy this and I can buy that and I can buy this and I'm going to just start serving myself. You know, I, I heard, um, it was actually John Al one time, 
speaking to a group of us in here, and he was saying how he got into the habit of saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to come home and I'm going to have that drink and I'm going to have that extra drink. And he said, that's a lie from the enemy. And it is. It's, it's that greed again saying, I deserve this. I deserve to have as many as I want. I deserve to, to pay high dollar for this substance over here that's going to make me feel even better because it's all about me. And once you let that little greed creep in, it's like how we say anger is, is giving a foothold to the devil and it kind of opens the door to more and more and more and the devil gets right into your life. It's the same thing with greed. Is it, why are you working at your job? Are you working to say, I'm working to make sure I pay the bills and to, to be content and I'm happy with what God's given me? Or are you going, you know what, I want more. I need a raise. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to buy this. I need to make more money. It's okay if my family suffers with me working extra hours every night because I'm going to get more of this and I'm going to get more of that. What is your motive behind why you're working? It says some have, it has caused some to wander away from the faith and they pierce themselves with many sorrows. It's your own fault when we let greed take over us. It says, but you, Timothy, or you, Christians, people of God, you belong to God. So run from all these things and follow what is right and good. Pursue a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. You know, the Bible is such an active book. It uses such active words. It doesn't say, oh, if greed starts to creep into your life, be careful of it and be aware and be cautious. The, word, the action word here is run. You know, it's, if someone comes up and goes, hey, I got a way if you can make some extra cash. And you're like, oh, really? Or what if someone comes to you on the job and says, hey, why don't you go over here with me? And you know what? Your wife doesn't have to find out about that. Oh, your husband will never know. Let's, come on, let's just make you happy. Oh, maybe you should, you should try some of this. I got some stuff over here. If you try smoking this, oh, it's all about you, right? You've had a hard day. You work hard. Here, just make yourself happy. Oh, just toss an extra few down. You've earned it. You deserved it. See, when this kind of stuff starts coming and it's all self-serving, it's all about me, me, me. What does the Bible say right here? You, Timothy, belong to God, so run from all these evil things. He's not saying, oh, here, here's a little shady business deal. It'll make you a lot of money real quick. And you're over there going, hmm, should I? It's just instantly when it happens, you just go, you know, you just instantly take off and just run. It's, it's not saying, oh, consider it and, you know, just say no. He's like saying, if any of that starts coming your way, if someone starts offering you chances to, to serve yourself and to get greedy and to, to do something that just makes you feel good, it's you instantly just, whoosh, I'm out of here. I'm getting away from that stuff. And it's, it's the kind of command that God is saying that's active. It's don't just think, I'm strong enough so I can just let the guy talk to me and no big deal. He says, get the heck away as fast as possible. And then what it says that we should be running to, if we're running away from that stuff, is that we should pursue a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. And the word pursue there literally means to follow, to chase after, to press on. It's just as like if we're running away from something, what are we, what are we running towards? Well, we're running towards God, full speed ahead. Um, when, I, when I was looking at this word and looking at pursue, what does it mean to really chase after God? How should I live my life so that I'm living in such a way that I'm going to please my boss, or I'm being a good boss, or I'm not letting greed get the best of me and why, why I'm making money, but to really instead focus on God and to chase after Him. And the picture that God gave me was of at a youth camp this past summer. We went to a youth camp, and there was this, this one kid that came up to me. We just finished playing this big game, and I'm all yelling out the rules. I had the megaphone and the camera, and I'm taking pictures and yelling at all the kids. And it's one of those games where... I don't even know the game, but it involves shaving cream, you know, and just as every good youth game should. 
shaving cream, which always turns into just a shaving cream war after, you know, and the kids, they don't even know what the game was, but they're just all foamy, you know? And so the kids are all foamed up in shaving cream, and I'm over there, hey, don't get me, you know that I'll get you back, I'm the youth pastor, I have experience, you know, I have my ways, and they're like, oh, yeah, 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 I go, don't, don't touch the youth pastor, and so I got the megaphone and all this stuff, and one kid just comes running up, sneaks, sneaks up on me, boom, right in my eyes, my nose, my mouth, and that was it. And when I started thinking of what it means to pursue, oh, instantly wipe the stuff out of my eyes, bullhorn goes on the ground, whoosh, camera's flying off, and I'm just running because the kid took off. Right? I'm just, ah, oh, that's it. You can't see if you're a good youth pastor, you can never let the kids punk the youth pastor, right? <laughs> the youth pastor has a reputation to maintain, right? So the kid gets it in my eye, so everything's just flying off. The kid's just running, and my slippers are just going, flying off, and I'm just running. He runs down the boat ramp to the beach, and of course, I just jumped the wall, eight feet. Come up. Just going, you know. Ah, you're going to get it. And he's running down the beach, and he runs in the water. He thinks he's safe. Ah, it's good. It's all good. We're in the water now. I just tackle, booze, you know, like in the sand, face in the sand, sand down his pants, sand in his ears, sand in his mouth and everything. Okay, we're even now, you know, I got my... But to me, as, as I'm reading this and it says, pursue a godly life, that's what I'm thinking of, is when I was just after that kid, just, rah, and nothing matters, you know, I'm running on pine cones, I'm barefoot, you don't even care, you know, cameras and stuff are flying off, you're just Ah, I don't even care, you know, jumping over walls. And it's, if we can get to the point in our lives when we're chasing God that hard, when we're literally saying, God, I don't even have time for greed. I don't have time to be mean to my boss because I'm just chasing after you. I don't even know what's going on around me. I'm just pursuing you. God, I got to get to church on time. Worship's about to start. I want more of you. God, where, where, what are you going to show me in your word today? Let's go. I'm hungry. I want to know you. I don't even, greed, what is that? Money? I don't really care. You know, my, my family's provided for. God, I just want to know you. See, it's to the point where we get to what Timothy, a few verses up, chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, um, in verse 6. And the King James Version really says it the best. Godliness with contentment is great gain. And what that's saying to me is, if God is enough, then that's all you need. If you can get to the point in your life where you can just say, God is enough for me you know what, my boss isn't that cool, or maybe the employees underneath me aren't cool. I'm just going to love them anyway, because God is enough for me. I don't need greed. I don't need more money. I don't need more things. God provides for me. It would be nice to have this. It would be nice to have that. But you know what? Godliness with contentment. I'm fine. I'm content. Thank you, Lord. You're enough for me. You know what happens when you get to that place in life? When you get to that place in life where you're actually content with what God's given you, that's when God gives you more. That's when the rays will come. That's when you'll get the, the job transfer. That's when you'll get the extra money to buy all those nice things. But if you chase after the gifts instead of chasing after the giver, you're never going to get all those gifts anyway. Or you may end up with some gifts, but you're going to be empty, and you're not going to get that contentment. See, it's godliness that gives the contentment. Godliness with contentment. And it's when we focus on, God, you're enough for me. All of this stuff is, is nice and cool, but you're enough. You know what? My boss on earth... They're mean, and I'm just going to love them anyway because, God, it's you. It's you that I serve. You're my main boss, and all I need is you in my life. And that's when God's going to start opening the door. Some of you guys have been trying so hard and so mad at your bosses or your workers for so long, but you never even prayed, prayed for them. You've never even really submitted to their authority. You, or you do some of the things that we talked about in here. You don't have a good relationship with them. Well, the minute you start to do this kind of stuff, I've found in my life, 
that the minute that I learned this stuff, it wasn't until like college years that I applied this to my jobs. My jobs before were always like, one was the same as the next. I would transfer and it always just seemed uh, whatever. But the minute I started learning to be a good worker or to be a good overseer or something, that's when every job has gotten better and better and better. Because God promises, I will reward you if you make me enough for you, if you make me your boss. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for being our Heavenly Father who is our boss. Lord, it's good to think of you in those terms because then we don't think of our other bosses around at work. But Lord, we're working to serve you. Lord, we're not really working. We're not trying to please man. Though it's good to gain a good reputation and to find favor in their eyes, sometimes no matter what we do, we'll never, we'll never accomplish that. But Lord, we just want to make you proud of us. We want to know that you, you've got your stamp of approval on our lives and that we're working our hardest for you, Lord. And we just love you so much. And Lord, help get us to that place where the motives for our working, too, aren't about the money and about uh, maybe even the position or the title or the fame or the fortune, but Lord, that you're enough for us. Wherever you've got us at right now, we're fine. We're happy. And it would be nice to have more, but we're going to leave that up to you in your time and your judgment. And Lord, we know that if we do, then you promise to reward us. So we don't even have to worry about it. But Lord, you're enough for us, and we love you, and we thank you for, for your word today. And if you're someone here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ, as we're still praying, we're still doing business with the Lord here, if you're someone here that's saying, you know what, I'm not even a Christian. I'd like to be. I'd like to know that there's a God that will help me out and, and teach me how to be a better employee or a better boss and that will, will bless me with all the things that I need and even the things that I want, but I don't have to chase after it. I'd like to know that, that if I serve him, that he's going to bless me and he's going to take care of me and he's got plans for me. And if you're here today, as we're all praying, we've got our eyes closed and our heads bowed right now, and if you're saying, you know what, I want to know that God. I want to know that there's a God that loves me. He forgave me of all my sins, and, and he'll, he'll make allowances for the times that I do blow it, and I kind of mess up. But he's a good boss, and he's going to look out for me. And he treats me as his number one employee, as he treats every one of his kids. And if you're someone here today that's saying that, I want to make that decision. I want to become a Christian. I want God in my life. I want him to help me in the marketplace, in my whole life, in my family, and everything. Then I'd like to say a prayer with you, inviting Jesus into your heart right now, into your life. And I'm going to say the words out loud, and I want you just to pray along quietly, silently, and God will hear you, and you're going to be in, just like that. And it's your dedication, and it's the way you live your life, and your commitment to Him that will start this relationship. But if you'd like to pray that prayer with me this morning, everyone else has got their eyes closed and their heads bowed, I want you to just let me know that you're going to pray with me that prayer. And I'll say the words loud, and you just say them quietly. But if you'd like to pray that prayer right now, just I want you to do one thing, that's just to look up at me right now. And as you look at me, I'll know that we're going to be praying together. So anybody want to pray and ask Jesus into their life right now, just kind of look up at me as I look around. Good, I see you in the back. Awesome, praise God. Anybody else as I'm looking around? I see you too, praise God. Good decision. And if I didn't see you, just kind of put a hand up or something. Good, I saw that hand in the back. Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Okay, for those people that did look up, or you waved, or maybe you're too shy to look up, it's okay, God still hears you. I want you just to kind of repeat the words I'm going to say right now. Lord Jesus, I'm coming to you today just letting you know that um, I want you in my life. I'm asking you to come into my heart to change me, to change my attitude, to change my priorities. Lord, I want to make my priorities your priorities. Lord, I ask that you'd be the Lord of my life, that you'd forgive me of all the 
the sin that I've done. And sin is nothing more than just turning your back on God. And Lord, I, I realize that that's what I've been doing for some time now. So Lord, I'm saying, forgive me of that. Forgive me of, of all that I've ever done and just accept me as your child. Begin to walk with me. Begin to teach me. Begin to show me how to live so I can live life to the fullest. So that I could succeed in all that I do. So that you have plans for me that I don't even understand yet. But if I go along with your way, then things are going to work out. And you're going to show me awesome things in this, this new adventure. So Lord, I'm asking you, come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Change me. I renounce the way that I've been living. And I choose to live for you now. Lord, thank you for calling me your child. Thank you for accepting me right now. Lord, I ask you, do you help me to get a Bible to start reading it, to learn more about you? Lord, I pray that you'd surround me with more of your, your Christian family, that they would help me along in my journey, my new walk. Lord, help me to get baptized as a way of just identifying with what you've done in my heart right now. I want to do it publicly to show everybody that you've washed away my sins. The old man is gone and the new one has come. Lord, help me to do all these things, but most of all, just thank you for loving me, for being my, my father, my savior, my maker, my boss. Lord, I love you and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.